Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of the IBC Podcast, the number one podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, LimeWire, MySpace. I keep saying that, but I don't think they have podcasts. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. I'm a, I'm a little cold today. Man, I, yeah, I love it though. I like this this cold weather. I don't want to go much colder than this because this is like the as cold as it can get before no. you yes. just don't go outside. Anymore. No, that's exactly right. So I agree with that. All right, top three. What are, because we're going into the uh, holiday season. What are your top three favorite holidays? So in no particular order, Thanksgiving. Uh, is a top favorite uh, for a couple of reasons. One, food. Two, family. And three, it's just a really good time to watch a lot of football. And so, uh, and it's also always falls during rifle deer hunting season. So that that always helps because I get extra time off to do that. So I would say those, uh, that, that one, I'd say Christmas is another um, I think Christmas time, just in general, uh, there's uh, it obviously celebrating the birth of Jesus, but then just a, a different spirit is in the air, generosity, um, uh, kindness, uh, kind of all display themselves. And then finally, uh, I know I probably should say Easter, uh, and Easter is fun, but I actually am a big fan of New Year's Day because of... Not because of New Year's Eve, but because New Year's Day is just kind of the closing of the holiday season. There's typically really good football on in and around New Year's Day, and so that's also uh, something that I enjoy there too. So, yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, when we get closer to Christmas, I'll give you my spiel about why I think we should move Christmas back a year. Um, but Not a year, a month, sorry. Move it back a month. <laughs> Okay, but, yeah, I was well, like, move it back a well, year. So I, I don't, take, know, I don't yeah. know how you do that. But. <laughs> I guess we do that every <laughs> year. I don't know. Um, all right, so this past Sunday was a great um, Sunday where we, we had Grace Lyons with us. She was She's the shortstop for um, the OU uh, softball team. And I think I saw this week that she was nominated or won like a Player of the Year award. I don't know. Yeah, she's you, nominated for like uh, some sort of women in sports award. Yeah. So she hasn't won it yet, but yeah. she's been nominated That's for That's awesome. It. So she was with us this past week as we closed out our uh, series uh, foundations. And she just spent some time talking about um, kind of what God's calling her life, how she uses her platform to make uh, disciples. So first off, if you haven't checked that out, I encourage you to do so on our podcast or uh, our website. Um, but in that, Grace made this comment about how um, she had this non-dramatic testimony that we, she eventually came to understand was was dramatic. And so, how is it that um, how is it that it's possible that our non-dramatic testimonies are dramatic? And why is every testimony a miracle of of God? Well, I think it's a mir- I think it's a miracle of God because without uh, without Jesus. Uh, we can't save ourselves. So uh, even if you live uh, in a Christian home uh, with good morals, make the right choices and do all of that stuff, n- none of those things earn you salvation and uh, eternal life. And so uh, I think it's a, a miracle because it's it's God intervening and redeeming and restoring you uh, into that right relationship mm-hmm. with Him. And so uh, for me, I think even 
those non-dramatic stories of not being rescued out of some major sin struggle or addiction or whatever, um, even if you've just been raised in a good Christian home, it's still a miraculous story because that good Christian home wasn't going to get you uh, into a into a right relationship with the Lord. And so, uh, to me, I think that's why it's a miracle because that's just what salvation is. It's yeah. about taking a sinner and making them righteous. And uh, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever she was talking about that, I was thinking about um, C.J. Mahaney and his book. I think the Cross Center Life is what's called. Um, just makes a comment about how. Uh, Christ saves every one of us from a lifestyle of, of sexual morality and drug addiction and other um, sins because when he saves us, he saves us from ever even doing those things, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so you spend some time talking about God's call in our lives to make disciples. And so one thing that got me thinking is, is, is what, why does God choose us to make disciples, right? Like why doesn't God just do something where he just shouts from the heavens and he reveals himself and people get saved. Like, why does he invite us and use us to partner with him in the disciple-making process? That's a, that's a great question. In fact, I would just like to say that I wish he would just do that. It'd make life a yeah, lot easier, yeah. make things more simple. I mean, we might not have jobs, but right. it would be, <laughs> yes, it'd be that's, okay. That's exa- yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, I would say that I think... Um, the reason why he chooses to use us is just because uh, I think you can go back e- even to the relationship uh, with within the Trinity and the roles and and that they play as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, how he established Adam and Eve in, in in the garden and that relationship with them, and then as even as you walk through the Old Testament about how fathers became. Uh, the head of their households and in Deuteronomy six about how they're to disciple and train up their, their kids. So I think it was just this idea that you'll live in community with people, Mm -hmm. with, with, with other human beings. And through that community, uh, he desires his people to share with other people and, and walk alongside other people uh, in that regard. And so, uh, you know, why he chooses to use us when he doesn't have to, uh, that's a great question other than the fact that like this is the created, this is a part of that created plan that he had that he knew was going to come into existence is that that he would use people uh, to continue advance the gospel and through relationships. And so I, I think that that's what, yeah. I think th- that's a short answer to probably a much deeper question that yeah. we could dive into. Yeah, that's good. So um, as we're talking about making disciples, we look at this great commission and uh, Jesus tells us, go make disciples of all nations. But before that, he makes this statement that that all authority in heaven has been given to him. And, and you spent some time talking about how that authority um, is, is why we should go. And so we see the Lord as our master, that what he says is what we do. But how does Jesus's authority give us confidence in sharing the gospel? Kind of thinking mm-hmm. about his sovereignty over the yeah. hearts of all people. Yeah, I think that uh, you can walk forward in confidence because um, because of his authority and this idea that uh, he he is sovereign over all all creation and all people. And while we may not know the where the heart of an individual is and what's going on in their life and what's happening, he's aware of that. And so we can walk forward with confidence to share the gospel or to 
to teach others about how to walk faithfully with Jesus simply because um, like he's already gone before, mm-hmm. he already knows. And so, you know, you get often asked the question, like, why should we even share the gospel with people? Or why should we go on mission trips? Because if God's sovereign over all these things, yep. why does this happen? And I think this falls into the same line. It's like, you know, well, if God can do it, then wh- why, if God has the power and authority over it and his presence can be made known in it, then why do we have to do it? And I think that's the other part is, is we, we don't know that, mm-hmm. but what we do know is that Jesus has said, all authority has been given to me. And so we can walk forward really in freedom to, yeah. to engage in that work because he, he, he's already declared that he's, he has victory in, mm-hmm. in those places. And so, uh, and so I, you know, it's a, a simplified answer to that question, but really a believing that his power is on display gives us confidence to keep moving forward because it that's how it's that's how he's designed it to yeah. be yeah that's good yeah the the great um missionary william carey talks mm-hmm. about how god's sovereignty is what gave him um the encouragement and the confidence to actually go because you know depending on where we stay when it comes to the issues of god's sovereignty free will all that yes. stuff um but carey made the comment that it if it was up to him to save people he wouldn't want to go, right. but knowing that God is sovereign over the hearts of men and women, yep. it gave him the confidence yep. to actually approach people. No, it's um, good. So, so my last question is: We think about discipleship. What what does that look like practically, right? So you you've mm. challenged our church members to disciple those around them. So let's say someone in our church says, "I want to begin discipling one person or a group of people in our church." Like, how would they start, and what would that look like practically, day to day, or or week to week? Yeah, so discipleship's a very broad word with different with different ideas, and and you know I would I would encourage this that discipleship is best lived out in relationships where uh, depth can be achieved uh, in the relationship. Meaning sometimes in larger group settings, while that is discipleship, there becomes a level that it won't go any deeper because people won't there. So for me, one on one or small, what I would call micro groups, maybe three. No more than six people in a group. Uh, I think the simple things are, and I use it from the D group model out of Replicate Ministries, but that you would uh, get a Bible reading plan. You'd use some sort of journal method uh, to take notes from your Bible reading plan. That you'd work to memorize scripture, that you'll pray together, ask accountability questions, and then have an evangelistic conversation. And and, and the way that this fleshes itself out is, is when I meet together with these individuals, we're going to talk about what God's words spoke to us about. Mm-hmm. And our journal entry guides that conversation and discussion. We're going to work on memorizing scripture together. We're going to share prayer requests and pray for each other. We're going to ask the accountability questions to sharpen each other. Those accountability questions kind of coming out of you know, a biblical background, not just, you know, how'd you use your time this week, but, but more, uh, you know, specific questions helping you in your walk with the Lord. And then that evangelistic conversation is, is who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you praying for to be saved? Uh, and, and how are you kind of living out missionally your life? And so, you know, that's whether you do that one-on-one or, or you do that in a group setting, those are pretty basic tenets of the faith, spiritual disciplines. And if you're working on those things, uh, I think that's where, where places can, that conversation is going to come out of that where 
deeper discipleship can happen. Like, hey, I'm dealing with this situation with my family at home, and I I don't know how I don't know how to respond to it. Well, if you're those things are guiding and directing you, you begin to pray for those things. You begin to talk about how God's word applies to those things, and and can move forward yeah. that way. Yeah, that's so. good. And and it's not like you have to be the one right. who is leading everything. Yeah, um, you know, like sure there are areas in my own life where I feel mm-hmm. like I'm deeper spiritual than someone else, mm-hmm. but then they're going to be deeper in other yep. areas. It's not that I have it all together, but yep. together yep. we walk with the Lord. And I think that's something that people often, if and if I could add, go back and add this to the sermon, I probably would, it would be that uh, as long as you're one step ahead of somebody in, in some aspect mm-hmm. of the faith and you start pouring into somebody else, they're gonna. there's going to be things about their life that disciple you in the yeah. same process. It's not you being the discipler and you don't have to be discipled yourself. And I think that's the joy of discipleship relationships and that they allow you to kind of sharpen each yeah. other in that regard. Yeah, that's good. So um, looking to the future, we're starting a new series this Sunday. Mm-hmm. So kind of share a little bit about what um, this new series is going to look like. Yeah, so this series will, will kind of fall in line with foundations a little bit in the fact that we're going to be talking about belief and behavior. You know, Paul's writing to Titus, who is a— uh, he's left there in in uh, Crete to help establish inf- the unfinished business, which basically was they probably didn't get this church structure set up. And so he's left Titus there, and he's just writing these instructions to Titus about these are what we believe. Yeah. There's false teachers that have already have already made their way in. And so here's the instructions for church leadership. Here's the instructions for how various groups in the church interact. And, and here's instructions for how be- the believers are to live in the world. And, uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll talk uh, this first week uh, kind of introductory, but then also hit on those qualifications of the church leaders, which I think is important. And then we'll uh, we'll start moving through that. So again, it'll be a very practical book mm-hmm. about how our doctrinal beliefs drive our behavior, yeah. which is the is the title of the message, Titus, or the title of the series, Titus: Belief and Behavior. Yeah, that's so. awesome. So encourage you all to check that check that out this Sunday. Be here for one of our services, eight thirty, nine forty five, and eleven. And then also don't forget this Sunday night from four to six p.m. is the Fall Festival here on campus at Emmanuel. Um, during the fall festival we'll have food we'll have games other activities for um, families to enjoy and the best part is everything is completely free so we'd love for you to come check that out spend your sunday morning and sunday late afternoon with us we hope you have a great week and we will see you this sunday for worship